you're here to defend your podcast. Buckle up, sports. We're defending our lives. So you know what that means? It's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. And that's me doing Rip Torn, not Albert Brooks. (laughs) What do you mean move forward? I mean move forward. Continue onward. The point of this whole thing is to keep getting smarter, to, to keep growing, to use as much of your brain as possible. For example, I use 48% of my brain. Do you know how much you use? 47? (laughs) Three. I'm sorry? Three. I use 3% of my brain? Yes, don't worry about it. Everybody on Earth uses 3% of their brain. Three to five. Tear me apart, Lisa! David, do you take Patrick? Everything is going to be all right. I was thinking maybe the king and I. Uh, how about Oklahoma? I don't consider myself a particularly ethical person, but I am fair. Don't be mean. We don't have to be mean. Because, remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Kerland, and we continue uh, our Romance Month, What is Love Month, with Defending Your Life, which is... One of my favorite movies of all time, and one of my favorite guests is back. <laughs> we got Kendra Beltran from Crushgasm. Hi, Kendra. Hello. Thanks for having me back again, and I'll never leave now. Yeah, <laughs> back with me. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, now for '90s movies, when I like can't find someone to do it, I know who to pick. Like, I mean, I just love watching anything. If you tell me to watch something, I'm going to watch it. I might not love it, but I'll watch it. Well, this is this is one of my 90s. favorite movies of all time. Well, I should say <laughs> one of my favorite rom-coms of all time. Interesting. Because I, lo- <laughs> I love Albert Brooks and Meryl Streep in this movie. Meryl Streep's in one of my favorite rom coms. It is not this. It's a it's a later one. It's Can complicated. I guess? Yeah, I was gonna guess it. it's complicated. Yeah, oh, I was gonna I guess. <laughs> it's I not mean, even because John Krasinski's in it. That's why I rented it. But I just ended up loving it. He's barely in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he's barely in that, and he's barely in the holiday. But I know what I'll have you back on to for a '90s rom com to redeem for this because we were talking before and I don't think you were a fan of this but I'll definitely have you back on for Father of the Bride and Father of the Bride Part 2 nice which that that's one of my probably so my two favorite rom-coms of all time are You've Got Mail and Blast from the Past then you've never seen You've Got Mail no I know it's See, it's one of my favorites because we talked about it on the podcast um, before, but it's crazy because they're like, oh, isn't it great that Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan are back together in love? I'm like, he's kind of the villain of the movie. He, <laughs> he knows like that that she's the one that that he's been emailing and he knows she doesn't like him and he's just going to torture her for two hours. <laughs> but you love it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. <laughs> Because cause they're so charming. and But Blast from the Past, Brendan Fraser basically was raised in a, a fallout shelter because they thought that the Cuban Missile Crisis was the actual bomb going off. And then he comes out in the 90s and he has this mentality of the 60s. And then, oh. Yeah. 
Okay, so, I think I'd like that. So he's very proper. He's very um, respectful towards women. He's basically Brendan Fraser playing Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Got and it. then, then this because if if you're new to this podcast, this is a podcast where every month we do different uh, movies or TV shows with a different theme. This month for February, we're all about romance movies. Next month, we're going to be talking about toxic relationships. But this one, um, if anyone else has listened to this podcast, and I'm barely going to touch upon this, growing up, I was scared about death. And in Hebrew school for my bar mitzvah, I had to watch this movie to analyze religion and the afterlife. (laughs) The, The movies they had us watch where this in gentlemen's agreement which is a movie all about anti-semitism <laughs> so like preparing for your bar mitzvah you have to do home like more than just like learn the torah or whatever you have to like do like reports yeah yeah okay none of that's ever in the tv shows yeah all they talk about is the giant party which is awesome and then like all the money you get which is also awesome but that went for you know college and shit um <laughs> but but yeah, so I watched this. I watched some Melanie Griffith movie where she went undercover as a Hasidic Jew. And then <laughs> I watched Gentleman's Agreement and Schindler's List because you have to watch Schindler's List. Like, like you have to. That's that's pretty much. What are the lessons that your synagogue were trying to teach you? So not to get all fours gumpy, but like for for the Schindler's List one, it's like sometimes things happen and sometimes people will speak up. Okay. That was the same thing with Gentleman's Agreement. The Melanie Griffith one, I don't know why the rabbi had that on the list. It, it, was, think, her, it was their crush, so they were like... <laughs> I'm pretty sure she just liked Melanie Griffith. I'm like, working girl, that... Wait a minute. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but then, milk money? But this one, Albert Brooks... Oh, we already did milk money on the podcast. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. David David Allen Prescott and I did milk money, and that was that was that did not age well. <laughs> no. But this one taught me all about like, you know, if the worst thing that happens is you get reincarnated again and you have to watch moments of your life, that's not terrible. But then the thing that got me okay with like in afterlife is like. I can eat as much as I want. <laughs> Always the food. Yep. I mean, <laughs> former fat kid, come on. So why don't you give us the blockbuster rule? All right. So Daniel Miller thinks life can't get any better on his 39th birthday until he winds up on the other side. And he has to face his biggest fear while defending his life. Dun, dun, dun. Also, Damn it, Cr- Kendra, you crush it every time. He was only supposed to be 39. I, people age so different in the 90s. That I know. is wild. Because I'm, what, almost three years from that? There is yep. no way. Yep. I am literally, this year, I'm going to be three or two years away from that. So I don't look like Albert Brooks. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's a thing I just discuss a lot about the 90s and adults and what they look like versus now. And it is crazy. It's insane. It's absolutely batshit crazy. Like how, as I've said before on the podcast, he's got some city miles on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I'm pretty sure Merrill was like 
39 or 40 when she'd made Sophie's choice. So I'm pretty sure she's like almost 45 at this point. And they were playing like 39, 40, which seems wild. So that was my first gripe with the movie. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, he should be maybe, I'll give 44. Also, like, I I asked you to be on this one because I thought, like, you love Steve Martin. I was like, Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks has to be Kendra Speed. <laughs> no, he's not up there for me. <laughs> no, not, not like, like a crush on him, but like like his sense of humor, like uh, his one-liners. Yeah, yeah, he's funny. Yeah, his like, one-liners okay. are... Hit, no, no. Oh, God, that would make me a horrible person if I saw that. <laughs> you know who you like? Albert <laughs> Brooks. <laughs> You can't set your friends up on dates. You know who I think you'd like? Myrtle. <laughs> <laughs> she bags groceries at Kroger. <laughs> but yeah, so I watched this movie a lot as a kid because of the one-liners. Like, um, my my two favorite one-liners in this movie are, uh, he, he goes... Uh, she goes, do you want to get out of here when they're in the uh, the night, the comedy club? And he's like, I can't. That's my father. <laughs> I thought it was good. I thought Rip Torn hat was like my favorite character. Yep. Because, I mean, this movie reminded me a lot of like this movie definitely walks so things like The Good Place could soar mm -hmm. for sure. And like I was very, I am very scared to death. Probably my number one fear after gorillas for some reason. And crocodiles, alligators, all the same. But snakes. yeah, snakes, definitely snakes. Um, I grew up in the desert, so not too scared of snakes. I'm talking about they like, rattle. I'm talking about like anaconda. Like I, I yeah. saw anaconda at a young age. So, uh, my aunt has like a six foot python, so not too scared of those. Okay. She she has a zoo in her house. Okay. So, <laughs> so did she buy a zoo? She she would. It's my dream. If I ever win the lottery, I will buy her a zoo or, or some land for all her animals because they're all in the house and that's disgusting. And I won't go in her house because of that. But I do like the idea of the movie. Mm -hmm. um, I like the afterlife. When I thought, saw Defending Your Life, I thought he was going to be a really bad person. But it was just defending with fear. And I thought that was a cool concept for what the afterlife could be. Like, well, just that's, be fear. That's the thing. Like, they're saying that he was afraid or the prosecutor was saying that he was afraid and those situations that they're showing it's not fear so that's why i feel like like that part of the movie i feel is flawed yeah. i understand the flaws in this movie but the romance in this movie is so cute like like how adorable meryl streep is in this movie <laughs> Ooh, she's your crush <laughs> i i loved meryl in this movie growing up like so the two movies that I watched with her in it growing well, there were probably more because she was on The Simpsons as Bart's girlfriend. But mm -hmm. like the two that I watched the most growing up was this and Death Becomes Her. Mm, okay. Mm -hmm. um, for some reason, the one that was constantly on HBO that like my mom's like, no, we're not watching that was Postcards from the Edge. But then this <laughs> would come on and she's like, yeah, watch Albert Brooks. <laughs> He's a cool, hot leading man. Well, I, I just love the line when when he sees her hotel and he goes, she's like, oh, your hotel doesn't look like this. And he goes, no, come by sometime and we can paint it. <laughs> yeah, he's like living in the, you know, probably like if you're from L.A., the valley. And mm -hmm. she's definitely on the west side. Yeah, she's like Malibu or, mm -hmm. or the Palisades. 
Yeah, and he's where I was living. <laughs> yeah, he's like what Burbank, Sherman Oaks. Yeah, the val yeah, the valley. So yeah. if you're in Burbank, you're doing pretty okay. You probably got a job at a studio, but Van Nuys, Encino, life's rough. <laughs> so the, my problem with his hotel room is like growing up when we would take trips to uh, upstate New York to see my grandparents, we would stay at hotels like that. So. <laughs> I like hotels like that. Like, like her hotel would have made me uncomfortable because Too fancy. Yeah. So, so the one time we went to New York City, uh, growing up, since then I had been there many times. But we stayed at a pretty nice hotel, and I was uncomfortable <laughs> because <laughs> it was it was surprisingly nice, and it was the new type of suite where it looked like an apartment. Hmm. Um, it was. Oh. Yeah, it was the Milburn, the Milburn, uh, I can't talk today, I, I'm having a stroke. It was the Milburn Hotel, and it was way too nice. My parents had a nice room, my sister and I stayed in uh, the area that had a, a Murphy bed, and and Ooh. and I had a cot, and like, it, it was like really nice, and there was a like kitchenette, and I'm like, you're not supposed to have a dishwasher in your hotel room? <laughs> This is too nice. And then there was like mints on the pillow. And I was like, what is happening? So did the movie confuse you? Like, because they're saying his was bad. And you're like, that's not bad. That's yeah, I'm like, I'm like, that's great. And the restaurant that was built into his hotel. Mm. It's like, that's a nice hotel. That's a nice restaurant. That's a greasy spoon. And that omelet looked amazing. Like, Yeah, like you're not getting just like simple continental breakfast. You are getting the works at his hotel. It wasn't that bad, but I could see like in comparison, it definitely be like, I'm definitely his hotel style. And my best friend was definitely Meryl Streep style because she's like bougie and all that. Mm -hmm. So I get it depending on the person, but his wasn't too bad. I've stayed in way worse, like a Motel 6 in Santa Barbara. Well, yeah. T like 10 minutes from Santa Barbara it was there were people that lived there and their toenails were wild people oh, doing was, laundry was this like the Florida project it, yeah, it was insane like we went because when my husband was about to get a stem cell transplant we were like mm -hmm. let's do one more getaway before we have to go to the hospital and we were like we don't have a lot of money so we were like we found this on orbits and we thankfully, you know, we're going to Uber back and forth. It was just like the deadbolt was like, you could tell someone kicked the door in. It was gone. It was just, <laughs> we're uh, like, and we just need it to sleep. It's fine. <laughs> so if he was staying in something like that, I'd be like, okay, this is bad. But he was, he was in a like a little up. <laughs> yeah. When, when I took Haley, so Haley and I, Basically, we went to New York for the first time, like right right after we got married. Um, we went to Broadway and I got us tickets to uh, Cursed Child Parts 1 and 2 and Puffs, which is the <laughs> the unofficial uh, Harry Potter knockoff, the story of the Hufflepuffs. <laughs> and and uh, the hotel, I, I basically had her pick it. I was like, this one's cheaper, but it's in, um, it was on the border of the end of Brooklyn and the start of Chinatown in Manhattan. Oh. Mm -hmm. And and it was like super cheap. <laughs> and she's like, we're just going to be sleeping there. And this is like the area that's near the Tenement Museum. And, and like, if you take the bridge, you're in Coney Island. Oh. However, it smells like urine. 
it mm. smelled really bad. And as we're walking to our hotel, there was a guy peeing on a <laughs> Honda Civic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "That looks exactly like my car," but we didn't take my car. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we took we we took a bus. So then, after that experience, I was like, "Okay, we're we're paying the extra two hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> to stay closer to uh, Central Park. <laughs> like, this is not happening again." You're like my husband. I'm like Haley. I'm like, let's save the money. And he's like, is it no, safe? No, at, at this is point, it- at this point, she was like, because <laughs> the other problem was it was right next to the D train. Mm. So, so you could just hear. And I was used, to, I was used to that because I lived mm. in Brooklyn. So I was used to, you know, stand clear of the closing doors. <laughs> like, but so when I wa- when I see Albert Brooks's hotel, I'm like, that's not as bad as where we stayed. It's pretty nice. It's yes. like it's like a Hampton Inn. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. Yeah, it's but like a I Holiday could, Inn. Yeah. Like what we went to Vegas and we were like, you know, I'm gonna share a hotel for Backstreet Boys, and we were like, Hooters, it's cheap. And my best friend's like, I might get like an Airbnb by myself. And then when she came in, she's like, it's actually not that bad. And I'm like, it's a hotel. There's beds. There's a clean bathroom. What more do you need? Oh, there's well, a Hooters downstairs. <laughs> well, it's classy. It depends. If you don't have a hotel when you go to Vegas, if you basically go to like the um the mgm park plaza are one of the ones on the strip they have last minute hotels available for like 80 bucks a person 80 bucks a night Hmm. so that that is a trait that is a secret i learned from my sister and thank you rach (laughs) that that is that kit that's come in handy before um but yeah so I have to do that in July, but I don't know. I don't know if my husband would be okay with this, like, last minute <laughs> trying to get a hotel. No, it's, like, literally before you get on the plane. Mm-hmm. Like, the day before you book a hotel. Mm. It's scary. It's hotel, but you'll get a really nice hotel. You really will. Um, I'm fearful, but, like, um, Daniel. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the other thing is, with, with this movie, it made me realize how much I really like hotel rooms. Like, I really... <laughs> There's something about just like going away and them having to not worry about like clothing because they mm. had the tupas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and the the basically the lines in this movie, the dialogue is really well written. I really love the dialogue. And that's Albert Brooks's very tight dialogue. Like in the beginning when he buys the uh <laughs> when he buys the BMW. Which did it break your heart knowing that he just bought that BMW and it's his birthday and he dies? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're like he, he was like an idiot. like a rich person in LA and uh, uh, <laughs> LA people. I did have a problem though, like when he you know gets to Judgment City. There's like no concern on anyone's face. Like that was weird to me. Well, that's because they're they're basically the equivalent of like drugged. They're yeah, they're just like, and he's kind of like in it, but the, I don't know. It was I was like, nobody's like mentally freaking out. <laughs> I would be like, what the? Because they have everything. no idea what's going on. But I, I the, questioning. Also, that lady who basically is like, oh my god, you're so young. I would have been like, lady, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, 
<laughs> yeah. Like, I, shut I up. <laughs> yeah. If they were basing it on like being nice, definitely would have failed the test on the on the tram <laughs> for sure. <laughs> that lady, yeah. Thankfully, it was fear. Yeah, I think because there have been times where I've been adventurous, like, and have taken risks. So I'm like, I would probably do pretty well. Like, there, I might have fumbled, and they might have not known what to do, and they might have to flip a coin to decide whether or not to send me back or pass me forward. But there were certain things that I loved about this world, like the fact that Rip Torn's like, oh, children, no, we just pass them through, and they get to have, you know happiness and peace for the rest of their lives i'm like that's awesome i think like when right before he said that i thought about like where are all the kids because obviously you know life's not perfect they go too so that like he said it right after i thought it so i was like i did like that too yeah and then teenagers are too annoying to yeah. even argue. <laughs> they are when we're talking about movie villains for our podcast network draft i picked regina george because i said teenagers are the scariest things on earth and they were like no nah. it's like yeah uh heather chandler and heather duke from the heathers like, yeah like guys jd was over there poisoning people and veronica <laughs> like the whole class come on but yeah I mean, teenage yeah mm. like teenagers are scary like this world i love that it's like people who are over the age of you know 35 and elderly people <laughs> and <laughs> I do love when they go to different restaurants. The food in this movie looks amazing. I'm surprised Binging with Babish has not covered any of the food from this movie, especially that giant chicken that he eats when he's with Rip Torn. <laughs> he's, I know. Yeah. I can't believe he hasn't done this one, but yeah. he's too busy. He's doing no, Frasier yeah. stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, so before we got he, uh, got on the call, I, I actually made dinner from a movie have you seen the menu yet no not yet i've heard things but not yet. uh i made the the burger the cheeseburger that everyone's mm. been talking about i made that mm. yeah. what's so special about this burger so the whole have you so you haven't seen the menu but you know the premise of it no i just know it's wow. called the menu and i've heard okay. good things so basically it's this island where um uh these rich people basically get to go to this restaurant on this island and it's run by this gordon ramsay type of guy played uh. by ray fines and he's sick of you know bougie rich people not appreciate appreciating his food so he decides to you know kill them oh. <laughs> um but all the food is super bougie and all anya taylor joy's character wants because she's not bougie at all she's not even supposed to be there she uh. was a last minute guest and now she's trapped there. All she wants is a cheeseburger and crinkle cut french fries. <laughs> and that basically, many spoilers if you haven't seen it. I apologize. I should have said spoilers. But the burger looks so good and I had to make it. And Haley's like, oh, I mean, that sounds good, but it's that, that would that's gonna be really heavy and greasy. And then she ate it and she's like, nope, don't care. <laughs> and she, she's like, that hit the spot. I mean, sometimes a burger is just what you need. I didn't eat burgers for a long time, but now I'm glad I do. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see this movie food. I'm a it, fan. It's of a smash burger too. Oh. So growing up with In and Out, it's that. Mm. It's a double double. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So, so getting back to defending your life, mm -hmm. um, would you be creeped out if you 
and basically had to watch your life oh, yeah. at, like it's a movie. <laughs> yes, I would hate that. I don't. I barely am okay with like photographs in the last couple of years. So videos, like we didn't grow up with like having a video camera or anything. So thankfully my mom has none of that. Even if she did, she probably would have tossed it. I must be a freak then because I would love this as a person who was a major cinephile. I, <laughs> I'd be like, Ugh. I would did, be like, Ugh. Did you watch this with Matt? No, he was playing video games. <laughs> okay. Because... I, I would want to know his opinion, like be like, oh my god, yeah, that would be awesome. Um, no, he wouldn't like he didn't like okay. to see himself because former yeah, he, fats, he's I mean yeah. see, I would have liked it because I know how my life would have gone. It would have been like from they'd be like, Well, you know, he was very self conscious when he was chubby and fat and then like if I had ripped torn, he'd be like, Yeah, but then the kid lost weight and then I would show like when I came to to high school my junior year and I had lost like 75 pounds and I was like cut and I was skinny and I'm walking by and girls who never gave me the time of day were like walking into lockers because they're like oh wow I'm like wow want to go on a date still no but you look amazing so you want to see that Jennifer Love Hewitt can't hardly wait moment in your life <laughs> yeah yeah can't get enough of you baby <laughs> slow-mo wind in your hair yep I get it. wearing the tube top because I was very, I think I fear so much that they would send me back immediately, which I'd be okay with. I like that like thing where they went and they saw their past lives because I yeah. do believe in that. So, well, a little bit. I have a different theory on life, but yeah, I would have liked to see that. With that, so do you know why Shirley MacLaine was there? I actually just seen that it's because she's like really big into reincarnation. She is, <laughs> it was yeah. like she's so vocal. I was like, what a weird thing to be known for. Especially since she's like been alive forever. She she grew she was in movies that were black and white and she's still <laughs> making movies today. <laughs> Cuz she believes like well she's never going to well when she dies she's going to come back as whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Also, the other reason why she was in this is because she's friends with Meryl and she had just done Postcards from the Edge with her, like, which that's a movie. Have you ever seen Postcards from the Edge? It's the story of Debbie Reynolds and Carrie Fisher, written by Carrie Fisher, directed by Mike Nichols and starring Meryl Streep as Carrie Fisher and Shirley MacLaine as her best friend, Debbie Reynolds. It's it's like Inception. It like will break your brain. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds confusing, but no, I'm going to tell you, there are more movies I haven't seen than I have. So, like... so with this, uh, there are certain things that age, you know, not great. And there are other things that I still like, it had a sense of nostalgia, like when they were playing mini golf, and it was still mini golf with like, crap in the way like windmills and <laughs> i miss mini golf where there was crazy crap in the way i hate mini golf now Is i don't it not like that no more no not really it's literally like oh the obstacles are it's maybe at a bigger hill or oh. maybe it goes to the left or oh you're in rocks now lame in van well when we did live in van nuys it was like one cool thing to do was we did have like a mini golf course that was like legit with the things and everything there was three different like, ways you could go it's pretty cool it's right by the freeway so that's nice <laughs> car <fumes>. yeah <laughs> yeah i mean so growing up in suburban massachusetts 
there was this amazing, almost dangerous like mini golf place, like in the movie. <laughs> and the the ice cream place right across the street, which had a really small mini golf, not miniature golf course, but it had like a par four golf course and a driving range decided to expand and they added bumper boats and their own mini golf and it put the the windmill place out of business <laughs> and it and i was like oh this sucks but one of my first dates with Haley is we did go to that place and we saw uh what we thought was another couple oh we were like oh this couple is on the on a day too and they were like cuddling and snuggling they were brother and sister Oh God! Yeah, the turned date out they were in Alabama. <laughs> yeah, because oh, their parents were like, "Oh, you two are adorable, Mom, Dad, stop!" And we're like, "We're getting out of here." <laughs> oh God! Oh God! Yeah, I don't think I've ever hugged my. I don't think I've hugged my brother in public since we were like five, and he was a toddler. <laughs> yeah, they they were in their twenties. Oh God! <laughs> and we were like. <laughs> It was like that episode of Friends, like, that's his sister? Like, <laughs> it, it I was... hope. Well, I hope they're still happy and together today. No, no. <laughs> bad Kendra. Very bad Kendra. No. Doesn't hurt me, but it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, with this movie, seeing mini golf like that. Also, I don't know how she can eat a corn dog while playing mini golf. <laughs> Yeah, like mini golf to me is not something you do with food. You get that after before. So, I mean, but maybe in Judgment City you could do anything. And my my biggest pet peeve is she walks right by a popcorn thing and she doesn't get popcorn. <laughs> if I'm in the afterlife and there is free popcorn everywhere, buckets, tubs i would literally ask for a wheelbarrow filled with popcorn i'd be like okay this is a dirty rusty wheelbarrow but i'm already dead so would that be your preferred afterlife snack with no like repercussions no um probably have you ever had uh giordano chicago style deep dish pizza Mm -mm. where it's basically a stuffed crust deep Mm. dish pizza that that and probably pad thai or some sort of form of Chinese food or Thai food or Asian infusion would be really good. Mm-hmm. And then for dessert, I would have, you know, chicken and waffles. <laughs> I like savory stuff. Oh, so. you know, the sweets. Sometimes, but like when I go sweets, I like go off the bandwagon, like... Like, I need savory stuff to keep me, like, level-headed. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm like, yeah. I would, I agree with you on pizza definitely being my afterlife pick. I love Italian food, so I'd go there and probably just cookies and cake. So I love. If they would let me bake the cookies and the cake, that would probably be my greatest thing. <laughs> you you wouldn't want nine pies that, that he gets? Um, pie, if they were, like, Costco apple pie, <laughs> I'd be like, bring it. I would want, like... A Boston cream pie. Uh, nine Boston cream pies. I like a French silk chocolate pie. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Or maybe a nice pecan pie. I've had it once. It was good. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, pie's good. I have some, there's some people who are like very adamant on hating pie. Don't get it. Oh, I know what it would be. 
so if I'm in this afterlife and I'm Albert Brooks and I'm making the one-liners, <laughs> I would want a giant skillet cookie mm, with yeah. with a hot fudge sundae on top of it. Mm. Like, what is it, BJ's? Like the bazookies? No, like, have you seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? No. <laughs> Okay, I'm trying to think. Oh, okay. Home Alone, Kevin McAllister's giant oh. ice cream sundae. Mm-hmm. Put that on top of a uh, of a giant chocolate chip cookie mm. cooked in a skillet. That'd be so good. Yeah, mm. that that it would be my afterlife food, mm. and maybe the sushi. The sushi did look pretty good. I've never had sushi. I just started eating salmon, so. I will say that if you're not used to raw fish and you don't like raw fish, do not start eating sushi now in your 30s. <laughs> it's it, not going to go well. My, my mean, friend did that once. On yeah, my, my friend watched me eat sushi and he's like, how can you like it? I was like, well, it's an acquired taste. And he's like, well, I'm going to try it. I'm like, oh, don't. <laughs> and he tried some of mine and then like, I saw oh. the vomit fill his mouth and uh. he had the puffed out cheeks and I'm like, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Also, did you like how mean that the people were who lived in this afterlife? The people who like did menial jobs, like, <laughs> the guys who who worked at the sushi restaurant, they're like 11 days. Holy that, shit. That's why I, I was like, who are these people? What is it like? How did they just like chill there? Are they like out of work angels, I guess, or? I think they're the people who who move forward. They have to go get jobs at Judgment City. So, like after you face your fear and you go through the through the tram, you just like are rerouted to having a job at the sushi restaurant. Send me back to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I I think that I would want to be the guy who runs the old timey movie theater. <laughs> That'd be a good job for you. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> be like, oh, I get to use film. I'm surrounded by Mike and Ike's all day, which that and Raisin Nats are like my go-to <laughs> candy that I have with popcorn. Like th- that owning, holding an, an old-timey archive movie theater is like goals for me. Like when when I retire, I want to mm-hmm. be the guy who owns an old-timey archive house theater that constantly shows like golden age cinema movies. Which will be like Blink Check and Father of the Bride. Yeah, Beverly Hillbillies, Dragnet, (laughs) the Coneheads movie, (laughs) First Wives Club. I mean, there's a market for that. I have a different dream. I want to take an old mall. You know how malls are just decrepit now. Yeah. They have like two stores. I want to take it and then every store just make that its own kind of like room and like have the middle of the mall be like an old blockbuster, like video rental and you pick your movie and then you and your party go in each store and that's your little theater to watch movies like, oh. Shut up and take my money, Kendra. Shut up and take my money. I mean, because malls are so sad. Why can't we like jazz them up so Right. Don't so, don't tear so them down. I was watching Good Mythical Morning, and they they were picking out their perfect movie night, and they had like the choice of Clueless, Titanic, um, Wayne's World, and Goodfellas. There might be another one I'm missing, but they they picked Goodfellas. I'm like, you pick Wayne's World, and then you have your popcorn, you have your soda, and then you you pick the Mike and Ikes. Would they both Rhett and Link both picked that? They both picked Goodfellas. They picked popcorn. Link picked wine to have as your beverage. Ew, and in Rat was my speed, and he picked uh, D- 
Dr. Pepper Zero. I'm like, that. Mm-hmm. yes, you're speaking my language, Rhett. Wine with popcorn? But the crazy <laughs> thing is, the movie I would pick, I would pick this movie to have a 90s style, <laughs> like, like, because like this, the two movies I rented the most as a kid was this, and and this other one is going to blow your mind, and I probably should have you back on to, to do this one in April. Airborne. Why is that's that's the skate the roller skating one the rollerblading one that was brink before brink <laughs> oh brink and and the cast is seth green some guy who is the lead who never made another movie jack black and <laughs> and this one blows my mind alana Uback, who was in the um uh brady bunch movie she was marcia's best friend who was in love oh, with Marsha. like the curly? She was also in um, uh, Legally Blonde. She was one of, she was the brunette friend who's just like, I'm going to Harvard. Let's all go. Wait, the curly haired one in the, in the. Yeah, well, yeah. In Brady Bunch. And yeah, her, her friend who was constantly in love with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She is also the voice of the great, great grandmother in Coco, the one who won't give. Oh. The blessing she's in this movie about rollerblading that has jack black and seth green <laughs> and i think there's other famous people in it too um but like this is this is like a 90s movie that you like i watched i was at a sleepover for my birthday and the two movies i picked were this <laughs> and airborne and everyone wanted to watch defending your life over airborne and they're like, he is hilarious. <laughs> Albert Brooks' is one-liners rip torn. At what age? What birthday? Uh, 71. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one of my favorite lines in this movie. You guys are like going to Denny's for like a breakfast in the morning before like. Yeah, getting a moons over Miami. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we. this was my ninth birthday party. Okay. Yeah. No. We were weird kids. Like the movies we rented were this, uh, Wayne's World Two, not Wayne's World One, Wayne's World Two, Airborne, and I think the last one was Baby's Day Out. <laughs> but yeah, this movie was constantly on rotation because for some reason I just found like the whole aesthetic so pleasing. Like it's surprisingly relaxing. How they we do shot. make the afterlife yeah. look like calm and less chaotic than what we're usually told it is. Yeah, do you know what it reminded me of? Hmm. Epcot. Oh, I've never been, but that seems nice. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's literally like the pavilions of the world. Hmm. Maybe that's where they did. Has it ever been said that's where they got the inspiration? No, it's because they could film for free on Studio <laughs> City. Like. <laughs> Like they were in Culver City when where they filmed uh, this. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So when he crashes into a bus in the beginning of the movie, do you think anyone was hurt? On the bus? Yeah. No. No. LA buses they're they're pretty tough. I think they were good. I think there would maybe be like some lawsuits. Yeah. Metro Los Angeles definitely lost money that day, but I don't think anybody was hurt except for him. Well, I was thinking about his his BMW, and 
his car was so tiny that not only was he probably obliterated, but like it was probably one of those situations when like the firefighters got there, there was like so much carnage that they were like throwing up. Yeah, it love definitely wasn't. And he he was going pretty fast on a surface street. Yeah. So I could see he it wasn't an open casket. We'll say that. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> also, dying to Barbara Streisand is not the way to go. Yeah, I didn't expect that from him. He was going hard at that uh, <laughs> the beginning singing along. If, if I'm going out, I'm going out to Celine Dion. I think if they made it now, definitely that would probably be like what they would be listening yeah, to or Adele. Yeah, it would definitely be it's all coming back to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'd be like, baby, baby. Huh? <laughs> for sure. Or uh, yeah, I think like Celine for now, if they said it. Yeah. A little later. <laughs> yeah. And Rip Torn. Let's talk about Rip Torn. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor Rip Torn. Oh, he's really good in this. It reminded me of um, Ted Danson in The Good Place. Yeah. Or him in Men in Black. Yes. Which, um, yeah, I love that movie. So I was like, oh, Men in Black. I know this guy. I do know who this is. <laughs> well, this was also the time that he was getting, he was in um, Larry Sanders' show. Mm-hmm. which was a Gary Shandling's TV show. Like, mm-hmm. he pr- plays pretty much the same role. I'm pretty sure this is how he got that. But <laughs> but him as the attorney and how confident he is, like, the other role that he's playing that he's played before, he's, he's basically playing Zeus. He is just... I think it's like uh, Mark Wahlberg, uh, you know, those people that just you find your lane... And you just do really well in that. And he, yeah. Rip Torn found that. Good for him. <laughs> but the prosecutor, like, she is such a bitch. Like, well, they, I mean, that's why I thought it was hell, because lawyers, <laughs> I was like, no, this is surely going to just be a twist and it's already hell. Because we're in the bad place. Yeah, like, I know, that's what I was expecting. But yeah, I didn't expect anybody with a pros- being a prosecutor to be a nice person. Right. Well, this also might be the reason why this movie might be the reason why that The Good Place is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. I think it definitely set the set the foundation for that to be one of your favorite shows. Yeah, for sure. Well, also Chidi's monologue at the end of the series, <laughs> like. I can't watch that without crying. I so beautiful. <laughs> I've c- cried five times based on media, and that's one of them. And the the other time is in the Green Mile. We talked about it on your podcast, and then in Wreck It Ralph, when oh, he. What part? What part do you think? I think it's when she like she's like what is it? it's at the end, and she's like, no, what does she say? When, like you're, when, not, you're not a glitch or what? It's like that moment they have at the end. She gets it's him when a little... he's falling to his death and oh. he's going, "I'm bad. I'll never be good," and that's not bad. When he's basically doing the mantra and he says, uh, "He's okay with being him," and he mm-hmm. looks down at the thing that she gave him, and oh, I yes. just, I just start going. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't like, expect that to be an emotional movie. <laughs> yep, I was like. I was like, what is happening here? How, wh- what? <laughs> it's, was- it's, it's like in Zootopia when 
when you get his backstory of how oh, he basically okay. wanted to be a Cub Scout and they beat the shit out of him. Yeah, though, I know. <laughs> Disney well, likes to think you're okay and then just like, Ugh. Well, that happens in this movie when when he um, is a kid and that, that kid just punches him in the face and... <laughs> Yeah, it's like where the fuck did this come from? I had that happen to me though. Um, my mom's boss, his son, the devil child, yeah. Mark Wood, <laughs> and he just one day showed up. His dad dropped him off at our house for my mom to babysit. I opened the door. He just sucker punched me in the gut, and like I was like, "What? We're like eight years old, and he just hit me." So I understand. Understand, Daniel. <laughs> So I used to do sparring, which is a, a you know, um, a type of karate and, and martial arts and, and kickboxing type of hybrid. And I injured my nose so bad that like it was bleeding. So then the next day I had a bully in middle school. He punched me in the nose and it started gushing oh. and and. I was like, I'm gonna mess with this kid because, like, I knew why it was bleeding. I would go, Why did you do that? I'm a hemophiliac. Oh God, you gotta call the hospital. And the kid like starts freaking out, and <laughs> he's like, I'm going to jail. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. I was like, Oh my god. Why did you do this to me? And I'm like, The police station is right next to it, which it was. Our middle school is right next to the police station. Oh. And... Oh man. And my mom was the guidance counselor at at the middle school, so basically, I I had to go to my mom's office and <laughs> I had to basically clop my nose with with two giant like cotton swabs. <laughs> um, I was like, "Yeah, mom, my injury from from Saturday's match," and she's like, "Did you tell a kid you're a hemophiliac?" I was <laughs> like, "Well, he's not going to punch me again," and she's like, "Okay." <laughs> Did that solve the bullying? For that kid, yeah. <laughs> but I did theater. I did musical theater as a kid. I was getting the shit beaten out of me all the time, Kendra. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be Conrad Birdie. Wait, why is everyone hitting me? But yeah. kid's so mean. When, when, he, when he takes the blame for his buddy with, with mm-hmm. the... I was like, that's so cool. And then they showed the next scene. I was like... That's not really fear. That's yeah. that that's more of a he doesn't, you know, want to get TV taken away. I was like, yeah, I would totally do that for a friend, but if they threatened to take away TV or I wasn't allowed to do my Friday night routine of going on the blockbuster, yeah, I'd be like <laughs> I would I would rat that kid out in an instant and be like, no, he's not going to prevent me. I'd be like, I did a nice thing. I will pay it back, but you're not taking away movie night and we're getting both pizza and KFC again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did, yeah, I was like, why is this a bad thing to show? Like, it showed he was brave taking the fall for the friend. But yeah, if my, my mom was, my mom never took anything away because she, she wasn't even around to parent anyway. But she was like, if she did, I'd be like, oh, girl, no. They no, did there was it. only one time. I blame where, my brother. There was only one time where I got something taken away from me. And I don't remember what I did. But like it must have been serious for them to to basically what they took away from me, and I'm saying this on the podcast, and this is gonna make me sound like such a wiener. <laughs> but they took away me watching the wonderful world of Disney on Sunday nights on ABC, uh, and it was 
they're like, we'll tape the movie that that's going to be on. But you did something real. I think, I think I, I, um, I think it was, cause it was Hebrew school. I caused something in Hebrew school. Mm. I, th- I think I yelled at the rabbi <laughs> and I said, I said, cause she mentioned like, you know, what if someone goes to hell? I, and I think I called her out on, I was like, you said in Judaism, there is no hell. You said that we go to limbo or we either get reincarnated. And she's like, well, I never said reincarnated. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you did. And like, I was like fighting the rabbi. I was like, you promised heaven and limbo. And now you're saying there's reincarnation. I never said there's reincarnation. And I was like, I was like, well, you literally just showed us defending your life. And like, and I, my parents got a phone call and they're like, you picked a fight with the rabbi. I was like, it was a discussion. And, well, you discussed it so hard that she's pissed <laughs> off and you can't go to Hebrew school. I'm like, but we haven't finished defending your life. <laughs> and my we got to rent like, it. My dad's like, you've seen it so many times. You watched that and Bill and Ted like a million times. <laughs> you know what happens. Do you remember what the wonderful world of Disney was that week? Yes, I do. It was, uh, oh my God, what was the name of it? Principal Takes a Holiday. It that was the one with Zachary Ty Bryan where he gets a homeless guy played by Kevin Nealon. Do you remember that one? <laughs> I if it had Zachary Ty Bryan, I was like not watching because he was like not cute. Yeah, because Except they did, first kid because that's a good movie. Because they did they did a double feature because before they had the Wonderful World of Disney at seven from five to seven there was another movie to get you pumped and it was Man <laughs> of the House. Ooh, okay. And I was like, I don't need to see that. I saw that in theaters. That one's so good, though. JTT. <laughs> Love of my life. <laughs> it, br- it breaks my brain that the kid from First Kid is the kid who invented crypto. <laughs> really? One of well, them. Yeah. Brock Pierce. Yeah. He looks like he would be a tech bro. <laughs> I, yep. mean, he, I mean, he probably got the inspiration from the tech that they used in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> He was inspired by Sinbad. Sinbad really needs some of that cut. Well, that's another movie where where Sinbad being cast in that was another comedian. They wanted to cast Albert Brooks in that movie as the president. <laughs> oh, to, okay, as like, as like the to, bodyguard. No, 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 he wasn't going to be Timothy Busfield's character. <laughs> Albert Brooks as the president. And they're like, Albert Brooks can't be the president. <laughs> Albert Brooks in this movie Albert Brooks is our leading man he is our sex symbol in this movie (laughs) he looks like Corey Matthews he does that's what's great about 90s rom-coms is that the leads are just some guy that it's like Tom Hanks Billy Crystal yeah Billy Crystal but in the 2000s it's like if you're not Matthew McConaughey we want nothing to do with you like you better have those abs so I do like the appreciation for the everyman of 90s rom-coms yeah oh I remembered what uh number five from rom-com after this was the birdcage okay okay yeah which we did not talk about in the 96 year. Oh. The birdcage is there's one of the, my- Well, there's got to be a part two because there's so much that got left. The birdcage is one of the funniest films I've ever seen in my life. I will stop what I'm doing to always watch The Birdcage. I think all my rom-coms come from the 2000s. If really? My favorites. 
If you don't, I don't count, a lot of people count teen movies as rom-coms, but I feel like they're their own genre, so I do not count them. So if not can counting I, teen movies, I do think they're all 2000s. Can I break your brain that most of the teen movies that we grew up with are from 1999? Yeah, I know. When I did 99 on my show, I was like, so they all just kind of came right now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like they were just like, get them out there. Where the world's going to be different in a couple years. <laughs> Where this one, they were begging Albert Brooks for another rom-com because he did his rom-coms. So this movie is an anti-rom-com. It's a rom-com, but it, it's like a nihilistic look at romance because he's like, oh, I just don't want to be judged. <laughs> he's like, I'm probably bad in bed. <laughs> That's a line in this film. He's like, I just don't want you to judge me. <laughs> Which, after what he's gone through, if you look at Meryl... Meryl saved her child from a burning building <laughs> and he got hit by a bus. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, there was that fear, but it kind of goes in the fear with dating in general when you're not dead. Like, do you want to go after that like top tier person? Or are you going to swipe right on someone you kind of know you can get? Mm. <laughs> I would say like, I mean, if I'm in the afterlife and, you know, someone's into me that's like Meryl Streep. I'm taking a chance. I'm t you're, you're taking a chance. Like, because, like the worst thing that's going to happen is you get sent back to Earth. <laughs> yeah. And I understand his thinking. And I don't think it was based in fear. I think he just said it to get this woman off his back. I think <laughs> he didn't want to go upstairs with her because he didn't want to forget her. He didn't want to have this amazing night that was mm. perfect. And then the chance of forgetting it all again. I don't think it was fear. And that's why I think that the prosecutor's entire prosecution is flawed. They they were saying that this woman is like, she's only one, lost once in her, her entire career. She's a bad prosecutor. <laughs> she really is. She picked really bad instances. And I thought that... Uh, both of his defense first ripped rip torn and then Buck Henry. If you don't know who Buck Henry was, he is Mel Brooks's writing partner. <laughs> that guy who didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. That guy wrote a bunch of TV shows and movies with Mel Brooks. So he's like the Kevin Smith, the quiet guy, <laughs> the silent Bob. <laughs> in, the, in the movie, he's actually <laughs> one of the people who has hosted SNL the most. Hmm. you're like that that guy <laughs> interesting uh and the dealership at the beginning of the movie mm -hmm. that uh her her defense lawyer meryl streep's defense lawyer was the head um car salesman at that bmw dealership after this movie like in real life yeah he oh. stopped being an actor and he huh. that's really weird yeah. He just he's like, I really like the set, you know? And yeah. He's going to go back there. Hmm. So going back to what we missed over, we, we jumped over the Past Lives Pavilion, which which one made you laugh, if any of them? Um, One was like, wasn't one a sumo wrestler? Yeah, there was the old lady. I think she lady. was. The old, no, oh, the, she, okay, old she was Prince yeah. Valiant. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the whoever was that because I was like, I mean, what kind of that's a crazy life in I general. <laughs> I like the the fat guy who was a little the Victorian little girl. <laughs> girl. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I think that'd be interesting to see what your past life because I think that does kind of if you do have past lives, maybe they do influence you a little bit without you knowing in your future lives. But that's not what I believe. But. I have a weird theory about that. Hmm. My theory is that if some of your favorite movies are like take place before you were born, like say one of your favorite movies, if you were born, you know, late 80s, early 90s, and one of your favorite movies is Forrest Gump, you could have died in like the 60s or 70s. Hmm. Or if one of my favorite movies of all time is The Sting, and that takes place in the 20s. I'm like... What if I was a con man in the twenties, or what if I was like, like an FBI agent, like an Elliot Ness type of guy? Like, so you think like because there may be our memories. So yeah, like, I like that. Oh, like yeah, so, something that just triggers you. Like my <laughs> wife loves Haley loves Pride and Prejudice, and it would not surprise me if she was like a Jane Austen character, because my wife is very Elizabeth Bennet. <laughs> Oh, now so, I'm like one of my favorite movies. Actually, I'm written down somewhere. <laughs> yeah, like my my two favorite movies of all time are The Sting and The Thin Man. And it would not surprise me if Haley and I were were married in another life and we solved crimes and we were socialites. <laughs> it really would not surprise me. I mean, I don't know what mine are saying because I love Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Drop Dead Fred are my top two movies. I'm talking about, like, because I do have films that take place, like, in the 80s and 90s, like, that are favorites. I'm talking about movies that take place in, like, a different time period, like the 1920s, 1930s. I have none of those in my top. Well, I do love Rebel Without a Cause. And I was obsessed with the 50s when I was younger. Like I was I was like, I'm going to wear a poodle skirt. And my mom's like, none of them fit you at the store. And I was like, well, dang it. <laughs> and the adult costumes were too expensive. So I was like fifth grade, like, why am I too fat for these goddamn poodle skirts? <laughs> I, w I was so fat for the longest time that the only costume that fit me for two years in a row was my Fred Flintstone costume. <laughs> That my mom made. It's like the scream uh, ghost face. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And that's why in this movie, I feel like everyone wears the same outfit because A, it was really inexpensive for costuming. <laughs> and Albert Brooks has talked about how comfortable it was. Like, I was like, I could not wear that costume. I would fall asleep before, like in every scene, I would ruin every take. Yeah, it was just very much sweatpants, very much like pandemic 2020 outfit for sure. This movie is a very pandemic friendly movie. <laughs> You're stuck in one place. Eating all that you can eat, but there are <laughs> there are going to be some um, bad calories that get added to you. <laughs> so let's talk about what you didn't like. Um. Well, first was that he was, I'm supposed to believe this man is 39. Yeah. No, okay, that's we're weird. also supposed was... to believe that she's only thirty-seven. Oh, her a a little bit more, but Meryl Streep just like she doesn't look old, but she's one of those people that just like she looks older than me. Like she like she just feels older. 
She might not look 100, but she feels like. <laughs> She's one of those people that like when they turn 40, even now, she stu- looks 40. Like, mm-hmm. who's the other person? Kevin Klein's one of those people. Um, Adam Scott. I, I mean, how old is that man? He is almost 50. Jesus. Paul, Paul Rudd. Oh, well, yeah. The vampire. Yeah. What, vampire. Keanu. Like, like you, you, Diane Keaton. Gorgeous. Yeah, Diane Keaton still looks basically like she did in the first Wives Club. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So, so like, Meryl in this movie, she... she could be Meryl in the nineties or it's complicated <laughs> Meryl or like Honestly. But my problem with Meryl in this movie is she, she's too perfect. I wanted there to be a little more drama to the relationship. I needed yeah. that. I'm so I again two thousands rom coms, you always have to have that big moment that blows it up and it kinda came a little late when cause they didn't want to be in the same he didn't want to spend the night with her. So I needed a little more with the relationship. Yeah. And to balance it out with because I do like the concept of the movie, because I do like afterlife things. Yeah. It makes me feel less afraid of what's coming. So I like the idea. I just wanted a little, and plus, I think I'm. I like that it was short because that's what the '90s did. They gave us like these nice, concise packages of movies, not three-hour-long Marvel movies. But I just maybe twenty more minutes. It's twenty more minutes. Well, the other thing too is like one one crutch that they they laid on that I really didn't like was they used STDs as like <laughs> as like a shorthand for jokes. <laughs> like like I love I love how Rip Torn is like you didn't have sex with her because she could have had chlamydia like I'm like um no <laughs> they're dead <laughs> I feel like disease doesn't exist once you're dead because yeah. what's the worst that could happen yeah like they lie to you and you actually will gain weight after eating all this oh god oh no what if all the things you eat and when you get reincarnated that makes you like a bigger person. Yeah. Mm. Oh no. Oh no. I would be really. Uh... Which is, he's fine because he like would eat one thing and then he'd be fine. Like rushed away. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing that's really messed up is she said that she had a dream where, where she was in the place already. So I'm like, did she visualize her own death? Hmm. Or I think, I mean, my concept of life is not reincarnation, but I do think that, I think we just keep repeating it. Like conspiracy theories are maybe they were true once upon a time or deja vu is you remembering something from a past like time when you did it or theories and everything. That's what I believe. So maybe I would, she... I would love that, that basically when I die, I go back to the nineties and I get to try it again. <laughs> and... Yeah. Like there's different, I think we're, it's the same. T- it's like the multiverse. Like we have the same and maybe one thing's different. Maybe you didn't hurt your nose that day. So the bully never got to hit you, and did you know? Or like, he did hit me, and he just yeah. kept beating. Yeah, the shit like out. those little tiny things, you know, like butterfly effect. Yeah, <laughs> like like basically the fact that you know, instead of being a certain way, like I, the the theory I always had is like, if I knew that I would grow up to, I and I'm not calling myself cool by any notion, anyone, <laughs> but I am not as I'll say much of a mess as I was when I was in middle school and high school. 
like I was always constantly worried that I was never going to find love and that I was going to, you know, basically mm-hmm. be alone for the rest of my life. When I was nine years old, I was worried about this. Oh, yeah. But like if I knew that notion at a very young age, would have I been a different person? Would have I been much more relaxed, much more cooler? Would I have been like Arnold from Hey Arnold? Like, Yeah, like, um, yeah, I think that. Because I like that. I I thought those things too at like a very young age. Because it was like, you're fat and you're ugly. What is going to happen? You're like, I'm going to have to live with my mom forever. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I don't think she's going to want me here. I would be totally cool that we just go back. Mm-hmm. And we like, try it again. I think we do. I think little things change. And that's why you kind of always have like, maybe you wanted to do this. And maybe you did it in one life or something like that. That's what I believe. <laughs> It's everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Um, I'm hoping I think I'm gonna go to the theater tomorrow. They just put it back in theater. Oh, did they? Oh, and that... my little honky donk town is getting it. So <laughs> that that was the first movie that I saw back in theaters after COVID. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It was the best. In a few weeks I'm going to see the whale. Mm-hmm. So like I'm so excited about that. Like you're gonna have so much fun. I think in Te- I think text Spider-Man. me. <laughs> text me or or you can hopefully get you know, a go yeah <laughs> or let Haley know because <laughs> I, I know i know you two follow each other on on uh insta but yeah, yeah. she gave me very good covid advice for the um alka-seltzer <laughs> alka-seltzer cold and flu yeah <laughs> the other thing that um so if anyone is listening and you're going through covid right now if you get a shit ton of gatorade that was a lifesaver but it has to be yellow Gatorade because that's the best tasting Gatorade. <gasps> blue. <laughs> I used to love blue, but after having COVID, I, I got blue and yellow. <laughs> yellow where lemon lime mm. was where it was at, people. <clears throat> mm. Middle school me is like blue or die. <laughs> drink it. I think I drink it from six every day, sixth grade to eleventh grade. <laughs> so if they made this movie today, who do you think would be Ooh. And do you think they would do a gender swap and the the, uh, the woman would be like a neurotic mess? I would hope not. I, I, I don't like when they remake it and they're like, oh, well, now we got to do something crazy and gender swap or race swap. Like, just just remake it with whoever's good. I would want them to keep it how it is. Um, I'm actually doing a podcast well, then, where we're recasting 12 Angry Men. So I have a list here. Oh, wow. Let's see if I can re-pull from one of these. Hmm. If they had to be like an older man, not 39, like if they're really like older, <laughs> I would say I would love to see J.K. Simmons. That he, is a great choice. So he made my he, he made my 12 angry men list. <laughs> oh, is he juror number three? I put him as 10. <laughs> oh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and who's who's your Meryl? Are you still going with Meryl? Meryl? I mean, she could still play it. Um. I think I would just still go with Meryl because she still looks good. Was if they did like a sequel and this was like her same character coming so, back again. A- after I give you my my casting for this, mm-hmm. I I came up while I was watching this. I came up with like a really good sequel, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just, <laughs> and I'm gonna copyright it now. Trademark, tra- trademark. You heard it first. But my recast for this is to make it. Uh, an lgbtq love story 
And my Daniel is Dan Levy. Okay. From Schitt's Creek. Because he, he just has that vibe. Mm-hmm. Like, he would be perfect. And then the Meryl Streep, I'm going with Jonathan Majors. Oh, okay. Well, then you just made the sexy. Like, you just made a sexy movie, Jonathan Majors. is just sexy. <laughs> but but those two together, like, I think, I think or, or Gerard Carmichael. Like, like, those two together. I mean, I'm watching anything with Jonathan Majors. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I just think that it would be very charming. Because he would be really I good. I love too. anything with Dan Levy. But if I'm going with the classic, if I'm going with, you know, man, woman, I'm going with Adam Scott. Going with Adam Scott as Daniel. And I'm going with, um, oh my God, what what's her name? Um, uh, uh, from, um, uh, uh, promising young woman, uh, Carrie Mulligan. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if we're going with the the '90s style, or you can also go with Anna Kendrick and Anna Kendrick type. But like Adam Scott is this type of guy. If you've seen Severance, he's very similar. Uh, but um, my 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 making it a little different reboot would be going with Dan Levy because. He's got this vibe. I think he'd be really good. And I think he would actually write a really good reboot of this. I may tag him. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think this is one that they could remake and no one would be upset about it. Because also, it, 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 you would do a little mini Shit's Creek reunion because it'd be hilarious if his dad was his <laughs> defender oh. <laughs> and Catherine O'Hara was the prosecutor. <laughs> you just want to get a Shit's Creek reunion. <laughs> I mean, I I didn't cast Annie Murphy at all in this. She can be the woman who runs the omelet shop. (laughs) But yeah, so my idea for a sequel for this is that, so if we're going with the Adam Scott dies, his defense lawyer is Albert Brooks, and he's no longer with Meryl Streep, and Meryl Streep is the prosecutor. Mm. Okay. That, that. That is my sequel idea. Like they finally moved on and this is where they're... They became so smart because that's another thing we haven't talked about yet. We'll wrap Mm -hmm. up in a a bit, but the fact that the longer you stay, the smarter you get and you can eat food that tastes, that looks like shit and tastes like, you know, caviar. Um, (laughs) Unless you don't like caviar and caviar tastes like shit to you. Um, but, But you eat food that looks disgusting that apparently tastes like, you know, ice cream. That that breaks my brain. And <laughs> um, I thought you were gonna be like the thing about getting smarter. Like we only use part of our brain, and then if once you use a lot of it, you get to move on. I was like, oh no, that's horrible. I would never move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's the longer you stay in Judgment City, the the smarter you get. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, anything else? Did I, mean, I miss anything? Did is there anything you want to talk about? I was on my 12 Angry Men casting. <laughs> <laughs> no. I say it I, again. I like the concept, um, but not as good as The Good Place for me. Or even like this movie that five people you meet in heaven is probably one of my favorite. Five like, people? <laughs> the, the Mitch album? Like, I just love the concept. I, it was on one day. I watched it by myself. Which, that day. is another wonderful world of Disney movie. 
It's so good. I just like the concept, and I'm always I'm like, who would be my five people? Is that people? Willem Hurt? Um, it has like John Voight. John Voight's in it, but isn't William Hurt? I thought William Hurt was in it. Um, I just remember John Voight being in it. But just yeah, really like that concept. <laughs> so I like the concept, but for me, Afterlife, good place for that five people you meet in heaven. For or me. what dreams may come. Never seen it. You've never seen that one. Telling that you is, more movies I haven't seen. <laughs> do not watch What Dreams May Come. It will destroy you. It is the movie Robin Williams made after he won the Oscar for Good Will Hunting. Oh. And he made three of the most depressing movies back to back. He made Good Will Hunting, What Dreams May Come, and Bicentennial Man. I was like, Jack? Mm-hmm. That was 96. Okay, I was like, that So, one? yeah, 96, 97. He made... Four depressing films. Because I don't care what anyone says. Oh, robots. Bicentennial Man is the saddest fucking movie. I love robots, so I'd probably cry. But yeah, Jack is my cry. I mean, you've only cried at like five things. I cry at almost everything. Like, I I cried when um, in Forrest Gump when he's at Jenny's grave. Um, And um, uh, the movie Your Name. It's an anime movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one's all about love. That one is so sad. But how many bagels do you give this? I would give this six bagels. Oh, wow. It's great concept, good cast, but I need Bad a little execution. more. Yeah. I feel like I'm on Drag Race. That's what they always say. Good concept, bad execution. <laughs> there I'm was no torn, death really drop. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going with nine and a half i understand the flaws in this movie but i still love it i still think albert brooks is hysterical in it i i just love his one-liners i love as i said before i love the line when she goes oh how old were you when you fell in love for the first time 71 <laughs> like <laughs> he's just so good in it and meryl is adorable but yeah so do you want to promote anything kendra um, just crush gasm, crushgasmpodcast.com. We're crushing on the 90s right now, and you might hear a familiar voice in yep. 1996. And if you listen to my other podcast, Hell is a Musical, Kendra is going to be on, or she has already been on at this point, <laughs> talking about Josie and those damn pussycats. So, such a good soundtrack. <laughs> so, I also have a third podcast, uh, One Scary Miss Dabby, which Kendra has also been on. Um, <laughs> We're going back into the studio this month to film, to record for the next couple of months to be ready for October. And we have doozies picked out for you guys. Um, So follow us on Instagram, Twitter. um, And for this, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And Hell is a Musical, just Google us. (laughs) So Kendra, thanks for doing this. Thank you for having me. Until next time, I'm Scott Curlin. Bye. (laughs)